Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 133 and Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. And now that the retail world's starting to reopen here in the province of Alberta, your friends at Brentridge Ford in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less, they're hard at work. The entire inventory has been repriced to make it easier for you to get a new Ford. Get up to 18K off remaining 2019 F-350s. Hurry, there's just a few left. Plus Mustangs, Escapes, Explorers, and even the Rangers on sale. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. Just before we bring in John Shannon on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline, uh, I mentioned uh, Ryan Rashad's tweet earlier. Earlier today, I'm going to read it to you. Based on, and again, this is uh, TSN's Ryan Rashog, based on Alberta government guidelines that uh, were put out yesterday uh, as phase two of Alberta's relaunch, the tweet says, based on Alberta government guidelines starting Friday, technically the Oilers could do their entire training camp with their full team. Understandably, the NHL won't allow it for competitive balance issues but an indication as to where Alberta is at with their COVID uh, situation. So, yeah, groups of 50 uh, inside. John Shannon joins us right now, uh, our NHL insider. John, how you doing? Do we have John? I think we have John. I can hear John. John, can you hear me? How are you, Bob? Good. Uh, yeah, we just uh, read Rashad's tweet there, and uh, he brings up a valid point. I mean, by the letter of the law in Alberta, uh, you could be good to go for groups of 50 or less inside. Uh, however, uh, the league has their own sort of uh, phase two status that, for, you know, it benefits. It looks like right now it's benefiting Toronto. Uh, and, you know, there's several players in that market in Toronto as we mm-hmm. speak. Um, but there is a fairness and equitable perspective that the league has, and we are not close yet to announcing phase three yet. Are we for the league, John? I don't think so. And one of the key reasons in all of this is that we're, we still haven't heard uh, from the federal government about uh, the potential of, uh, of dissolving the 14-day quarantine for anybody coming back into the country and anybody traveling. Uh, so I think there are, there are so many moving parts still uh, that it's too early to to get to phase three between the players' association and the league. Yeah, uh, it's interesting here, John. Uh, I mean, there's been stories the last couple of days about you know maybe the Flames earlier on. Jim Benning talking about the Canucks maybe setting up uh, practice in the states or training camp in the states. Here, is this going to become a reality if uh, Freeland and Trudeau don't open up the border? Uh, I, I think it becomes a reality if we find out both hubs are in the United States. Okay. Uh, because then 
once you put people in the U.S., they can stay in the U.S. Uh, if one of the hub cities becomes a Canadian hub city, then obviously then, then the reality of, of trying to figure out if and when the border opens to some level becomes a factor. I mean, it, there are so many moving parts to this, Bob, that are beyond the hockey world that I know Bill Daly's talking daily with um, with the federal government, and, and there is a, a dialogue between the two. And I think that there's an urgency on the league's part, but I'm not sure there's a, an urgency on the federal government's part uh, to resolve this. Well, uh, let's face it, John, this is a political debate, too, for the federal party, right? And you have different rates you know you have 95 percent of the deaths in the country in two provinces and they do have a lot of uh, cross-border travel between uh you know quebec in the u.s and ontario in mm -hmm. the u.s uh and the political will in those respective provinces might be a little bit different than Al in alberta and bc as you know western canada it makes up less than five percent of the deaths across the country for covid uh, and and that's one of the challenges that the the federal government has at this time the other part of the political will is the will of their supporters, and well, some might... I, I, I wouldn't. No, I, I, I don't. I don't believe it's political, Bob. I, I really don't. No? I, I think there's a practical side to this. Um, you, you know, living in Ontario right now, um, basically eighty percent of the landmass of Ontario has opened up to phase two. Right. Uh, the Golden Horseshoe from Oshawa to Niagara Falls is not open because there are still major issues of COVID uh, in in the area that I live in. I mean, I can drive 60 miles to go to a restaurant as of Friday and eat in an outdoor restaurant. I can't do that in my own city yet. Uh, so, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of that is because, I mean, I, I'm driving around today, even today, Bob, I w if I told you this was a typical June day, you would agree with me. Uh, and there's not enough people wearing masks here. There isn't enough social distancing here. And right now, uh, the GTA and uh, Hamilton and Niagara are facing the consequences of not being respectful of the of the virus. Yeah, and I, I again, that's why I mentioned difficult position in that regard because of the difference between different parts of the country. I, you know, I, 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 anyhow, I, I'm we have a minority government. They need support from uh, specific. I, I, you're not. I, I, you're not buying it. I, I, I think it's fair. Fox, it's fair. I think you got your Fox News hat on today, Bob. Take it off. I Come never on. watch Fox News. <laughs> we don't even have Fox News in the house. So <laughs> there's no conspiracy here, Bob. There's no. Conspiracy. Oh, here we go, John. John, you're making friends out west with that. Let me tell you. Uh, there's no conspiracy. We're Come on, man. To you got to. You... We're trying to get the country back healthy. You got That's Tucker. You got a do. Tucker Carlson poster in your room right beside the Gila Fleur one, don't oh. you? <laughs> I don't All even right. have a bow tie. What's that? I don't even own a bow tie. There, there you go. Uh, switching focus for a second here. Just on the awards, uh, an interesting situation. Leon Dreisaitl listed a center. Could we have a, a scenario? Ah, inconceivable. There's no way this could happen. Could Leon Dreisaitl win the Hart Trophy but not win one of the two top spots as center for an All-Star? That couldn't happen, could it? I don't think so. Uh, this no? is actually the first year in six that I won't uh, be voting for the awards. So I can be a little more critical. Um, uh, you, you know, I have Leon winning the Hart Trophy. I, ha I have Leon as my number one All-Star center. Uh, I, and I, I and and you know, I'm, maybe I I don't understand the confusion with 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 Leon and his position. I mean, I think 
by the time Leon became the Leon that we all know and love, he was a centerman. And, you know, he played his, he played his best hockey as a centerman. So, I, you know, I, I don't really... I don't really see any issue here, and this to me is this to me is the downside of the way that hockey votes its awards is that we tend to have people in certain cities who don't necessarily watch the Oilers enough to have a judgment, yet they still have a vote for the Hart Trophy. Yeah. I, I brought up a scenario, John, a couple of years ago where there was a voter in Denver that did not have Connor McDavid in his top five guys, top five players for a Hart Trophy, and McDavid yeah. was the first star in all three games played between Colorado and Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, see, the interesting thing is I I, I think the, the one aspect, and I, I haven't heard it mentioned very much, I think the one aspect of of Leon winning the Hart Trophy is that Connor will split the vote. Because I still think there are people that will think Connor had enough uh, Hart Trophy uh, votes to, to, to become the MVP of the league. So, I mean, it, 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 it's conceivable that, that there could be two finalists and certainly two of the top five guys are from the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you know what, John? Some might say that's a conspiracy theory. Uh, but uh, <laughs> since you brought it up, the only problem is on this show, I tend to agree with you. That's my concern as well, as I can see that happening. Like, by rights, I think Dreisaitl should win the Hart Trophy this year. I agree. I, he, I, I agree completely. I mean, I think know? he had a, a marvelous season. I, I think that he uh, he grew as a player. Uh, I think his value, when you look at, I mean, I'm not an analytics guy, as you know, Bob, but when you look at his numbers and you look how many times he had points and the Oilers won, and when he didn't have points, how many of the times the Oilers lost, I think he's the MVP of the league. Yeah, we're joined right now by John Shannon. Again, James Hamblin coming up today, uh, trying to work his way up through the Oilers organization from the farm. We'll talk to him about his journey in about four minutes' uh, time. So, uh, we're still a ways away from the the pods, John. Is that right? In terms of potentially announcing that, and again, that might be tied back to federal government, right? I think so. I think it's. I mean, there are there are certain dates, and I mean, we you know we're we're expecting to have you know the next phases geographically across the continent on the 14th or the 16th of June. I mean, I think the end of the month is a key day. Remember, travel ban. The travel ban between Canada and the United States expires right now on the 21st of june but that's going to be extended the question is how long is it extended uh mitch says bob don't kid yourself it's political <laughs> thanks right, mitch. Well. there yeah. you go well hey john great stuff we'll talk on monday have a terrific week okay yeah hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You too, Bob. It is 1.43 in Edmonton. We are going to take a quick time out. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, just talking about award voting, Kevin has texted the show, does the NHL have criteria for each award? I recall Connor did not win the Calder because people said he didn't play enough games which I didn't know was a criteria. Well, that actually wasn't a criteria. That was just a, 
uh, sort of excuse used by some. McDavid didn't even come in second that year. Shane Gostabare, the defenseman of the Philadelphia Flyers, came in second to Artemi Panarin, who I think was like 25 or 26. Don't get me wrong. Panarin's a great player. Uh, but McDavid was healthy for three months of that season, was rookie of the month in all three seasons. All right, 145 in Edmonton. A guy who's uh, uh, going to try to work his way up uh, to the uh, to get himself an NHL contract down the road joins us right now. His name is James Hamblin. He just finished up uh, a shortened season with the uh, Medicine Hat Tiger, and we'd like to welcome him to the show. He signed a contract with the Bakersfield Condors. James, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, full disclosure, I recall seeing you play. Uh, you would have been a, a 13-year-old. It was the year of the lockout, so we had a lot of time on our hands. And I think I saw the south side play about seven times that year because Benson was on that team, and he was obviously going for the uh, Bantam AAA scoring record. And uh, uh, you had Skinner in goal. You had Quenville on defense. You guys had a pretty good hockey club that year, didn't you? Yeah, that was a that was a really special year. Um, I was about fifty pounds lighter at that point, but uh, it was super cool just to be able to see Benson kind of take off that year. Um, it was a lot of fun, and obviously learned a lot from that year. You gained the good weight. I too was about fifty pounds lighter that year. And it was. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyhow, I digress. So uh, how how there had to have been some frustration for you this season with Medicine Hat. Willie comes back there. He's a terrific junior coach. Uh, you got you know you were competing for the scoring race in in, in the league, and uh, obviously you guys in Edmonton were two of the teams out of the Central Division that were the favorites. Uh, you, you, I, I, I got to imagine that was kind of a bitter pill to swallow to see your season get shut down eh yeah it was for sure i think um, not being able to to have that playoff run was kind of the thing that hurt the most um, i mean you miss out on a lot of stuff just being my last year being a 20 and everything but uh i think like i we had a team when i was 17 that was really good and had a chance to make a run um, but that wasn't really my team right i had more of a, a supporting role back then um, this was more my team and i kind of missed out on the opportunity to see how far we could have taken it uh did you i mean uh sean clouston was with that program before a uh, former alberta golden berry actually played for claire drake uh before he went to junior he played as a 17 year old then he went and joined the portland winterhawks james uh but willie is an nhl head coach and can you maybe speak to maybe what he did as a, a coach for you to help grow your game and, and get you on the radar screen to potentially uh get yourself a uh a, you know a, a pro contract yeah for sure i mean first off Clouston uh, was a huge part of my development and was, was awesome for the four years that I was there with him. Uh, but Willie, uh, I mean, I loved Willie. He was uh, so amazing. I mean, you could tell how much he cared about every single guy in that room and, and, and all about development with him. Uh, and he just, he has a way of, of showing you that he cares, uh, then finding another way to, to push you. And uh, I mean, it's different with every guy. You have to find different ways to push guys. But uh, he seemed to do a really good job at, at doing exactly that, finding the way to push everyone um, to their limits. And, uh, I mean, I, I love playing with him. I can't say enough good things about him. We're joined by James Hamblin. He signed a contract for the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, had a 92-point season this year in the uh, Western Hockey League. You referenced being on a team, you know, four years ago that was pretty good. Chad Butcher was a significant part of that team. And I know that uh, Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner, myself, were really impressed with him two years in a row at uh, at the Penticton tournament. Uh, Chad tried his luck in pro. 
and uh, ended up, uh, you know, redshirting, going back and uh, playing at the U of A. He got hurt last year in the playoffs. It was a huge loss, part of the reason why they got upset by UBC. But, you know, Chad ended up going the college route after a couple of years of pro. How much conversation did you have with uh, your agent, Manny Schmidt, uh, about the direction that you were going to take here? Because... You know, there's a difference between having an, an NHL guaranteed, you know, a, a pro guaranteed contract, which puts you in a spot where you're almost certainly playing in the American League if you're on an NHL deal, mm-hmm. as opposed to having to earn an American Hockey League spot when you're on an AHL, ECHL deal, uh, James. Yeah, um, I think we did a really good job of, of taking our time and looking through all the different options. Uh, it It's obviously a big step for me trying to, to go into uh, – into pro instead of coming back and going to college Uh, but I think in the end after looking through everything after looking at uh, kind of the development program that they have uh, in Edmonton and and in Bakersfield uh, we thought that 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 route would be the best way for for me to develop and the best way for me to 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 get the ultimate goal of playing in the NHL Um, I mean it's just an opportunity it's it's not a a given right like like you said but uh, I'm just excited for that opportunity I'm excited to try to make it in that league what do you have to do do you think uh the most to to improve as a player uh you know to to make yourself a full-time ahl player and get on i mean the order signed josh curry off of an ahl deal into an nhl contract what would you have to do to to make something like that happen james yeah, i think i need to to kind of find a role find how i can impact uh, the lineup there and, and move up um, obviously being a little bit of a a smaller guy in statue, I need to, to make sure that that's not seen and that um, I'm a big presence even though I, I am maybe a smaller guy. Uh, and then, like I said, just finding that role, whatever it has to be, it, that's something that's really good about my game is, is I am very versatile. I can play up and down the lineup and, and play in different situations. So I'm going to have to find something like that and, uh, and just outwork guys to, to earn that. Uh, you mentioned Sean Clouston and uh, Willie Desjardins. Were there a couple other coaches along the way that helped you uh, get as far as you have to this point? Uh, yeah, there's been a lot. Um, I think one that I can mention is Taylor Harnett. He was my coach for both years of Bantam with Benson and Quinville and all those guys. And then he also coached me uh, for Midget AAA with Southside as well. Um, he gave me a chance at or during my first year of uh, Bantam to, to come up and and play with those guys and that really kind of propelled me into into where i am now um, and just spending three years with him developing was was really awesome and i got to mention also uh, our assistant coach in medicine hat joey frazier he uh he was unbelievable in the development process as well james i got a total curveball for you there's a I, I i'm a big believer in the work that pierre dorian does general manager of the ottawa senators as a scout and he took uh, Mad Sogard last year in the second round. You guys lost the Oil Kings in the playoffs, but you took him to six games a year ago, and he was mm-hmm. a big part of that. This guy's a six foot seven goaltender. This guy's got a chance to play, doesn't he? Oh, for sure he will. And uh, I think like he will for sure. I don't think it's a chance. It's just a matter of him getting a little bit stronger and getting an opportunity. He's he's so solid. He's something that you can always rely on. Um, and he's an amazing guy off the ice too. Really down to earth. Well, look, uh, James, we, we appreciate uh, you joining us here in Oilers. Now I'm going to be interested to watch your journey. Uh, not sure when we're going to be playing yet for, you know, NHL and AHL, but uh, I'd like nothing more to see you become a full-time AHL player and then eventually the Oilers signing you to an NHL deal. Thanks for your time, okay, James? Yes, thanks for having me on.
You bet. That is James Hamlin out of Edmonton, uh, who, again, uh, the Oilers organization through the Bakersfield Condor signed to an AHL, ECHL deal uh, a few weeks ago. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. We will tell you the best pizza in the city still making it great. It's Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download from the uh, uh, Royal Pizza app from the app store. To this day in Oilers history, I referenced it via a tweet today. Back at the 630 Jet Studios, here is Brendan Escott. In 2006, Sean Horkoff opened the scoring and Ryan Smith potted the go-ahead goal with two minutes and 15 seconds left in the game, giving the Oilers a 2-1 win over Carolina at Rexall Place. Now that cut the Hurricanes' series lead in that cup final to two games to one. Alashemsky, Jarl Spotcheck each with two assists, and UC Markkinen was the man between the pipes. He stopped 24 of 25, Bob. Yeah, Smith and uh, Horkoff each scored their sixth of the playoffs uh, that year in the state uh, 14 years ago. What I remember on the Smith goal, if it was the stereotypical Ryan Smith goal. He drove the net hard. Uh, it originally looked like he may have gotten a piece of the puck with his foot, but uh, was able to tip it home uh, after Hemsky set him up on the play. And uh, the crowd, I- I'm telling you right now, at Rexall Place, that building was reverberating. It was unbelievable. Anyhow, it was it was vibrating. Uh, it was crazy, Brandon. It was nuts. It was shaking. Like uh, I think Jamie, I was sitting next to Jamie Thomas. I think Jamie was with A Channel at that time, and we were just shaking our heads. It was unbelievable when Smith scored and the Oilers got back in the series at two one. They lost game four two one, and then. Uh, Really got back in the series in games uh, five and six. All right. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 7 to 8. Who's he got rolling with? It's a fluid show so far. Good stuff. Global News Hour from 6 to 7. A reminder that at uh, 3.30 today, major announcement regarding education coming from the province. Jayla and I will have that for you on 6.30 Chet Afternoons. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh... Thursdays, which is a very popular day. By the way, some of you were asking where David Staples was uh, this week. Uh, David has taken a little bit of a time off here. Uh, I think he's gone a little bit of a, I don't know if it's a staycation or stepped out of town for a couple days. Uh, but tomorrow, Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrusque. Sportsnet's Brian Burke for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. And one of my personal favorites uh, from the Red Deer Rebels organization. We'll talk a bit about the popularity of the Oilers outside of Edmonton. Cam Moon will join us on the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jayla and I. Have a wonderful Wednesday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.